0: Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week, we'll be discussing Cocaine Bear and Creed 3 I'm your host, Bill George, with me as fill-in host and still super producer, Craig Stanton. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Bill. Craig, welcome.
1: How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here. Wish it was under more cheerful circumstances.
0: Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, AJ or Becky, our usual co-host uh is under health and safety protocols so you know we wish him and his family the best yeah it seems like it's going pretty uh pretty not great over there so yeah not T's the and peas
1: to the Rebecca family Yep, uh, and i'll be doing my level best in the meantime to fill in for the for the man
0: and uh we want aj rested up for our next episode where we'll end up doing an oscars recap i want to make sure he is spry and ready to go yeah but
1: don't skip this one listener
0: (laughs) (laughs) good point fair point we still have a wonderful show in store for you
1: yeah a lot of times you do teasers at the end of the episode for the next one we're just doing it right off the top but you know what are you gonna do
0: what are you gonna
1: do uh craig how are you I'm excellent. I'm excellent. We, uh, I actually saw a movie in the time since our last episode, so that's great news given the circumstances. I, uh, w- you were there. I was. Uh, we saw it together. Witness. I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Great. I love
1: it. We got some stuff to clean up, though, before we get into the proper show. You want to uh, start us there?
0: I will. A couple uh, quick news items, follow-up items uh, from last show. AJ and I were talking about Ryan Davis, our uh, personal trainer, if you will, and, and uh, friend of the show. And we completely butchered the actual name of his business. So if you were looking to find Ryan Davis, it's uh, Summit Multisport Coaching uh, is going to be the name you're looking for. To all the hard bodies out there. Exactly. Or the wannabe hard bodies. Uh, Also want to throw in here uh, an RIP for Tom Sizemore. A great actor we lost since our last episode. I've always been a big fan of his, uh, especially in Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Michael Mann's seminal classic Heat. Uh, Just a big Sizemore fan. So um, sad to hear that news. Not old, right? No, he, I mean, he was public about his history of fighting with addiction and and drug use, things like that. I don't know that that was directly related to this. I believe it was a heart issue, but I don't know what brought it on. I I didn't do a ton of reading into it, um, to be honest, but I saw the headlines and saw some of the obituaries and it was just very, uh, yeah, 62 years old, not
1: an old man. That's sad. Yeah. Such a shame
0: for sure. Uh, And the last thing is I have now seen every nominee for best picture for the upcoming Academy Awards. So I watched Women Talking this last week. Uh, it is now available on digital. I didn't get to see it in theaters, unfortunately. I had a very short theatrical run. But I did watch it. I've now seen every nominee. And so I'm excited to talk about that when we get into the news. Um, I gave it a no, to be honest. Uh, I don't need to do a full review right now. Um, I thought that the acting was generally strong. Uh, it was well-made, but the script didn't really work for me and didn't feel... It felt like the book... You know, it's based on a book, and it just felt like a book on film. Like It didn't mm. feel like real people talking. It felt like from the page. So it didn't really like connect with me um, as much as uh, as I think uh, it might with others, at least. But for me, it didn't really do a lot. So I gave it an, a, a soft no on that one. That makes it
1: the sec. So there's 10 nominees. I think maybe just going off the top of my head, maybe you gave two of them no's? All Quiet on the Western Front was a no.
0: Yeah, that one that's a, a potentially regrettable no, but I did do a no at the time. <laughs> yep, you got you got roasted
1: for that one. Uh Avatar Way of Water was a yes. Banshees of Inishrin was a yes. Oh, you gave Elvis a no. Everything, everything all at once was a yes. Fable men's oh, I'll give that a no as well, I believe. No, on the Fable Tar was a yes. Yep. Top Gun was a yes. Triangle of Sadness? No, hard no. Hard no in women. Ta- so
0: you're fifth. You're, 50% of the best picture noms. Yeah, that's, you're a no on. That is that's abnormal. The last few years I've given a yes to almost all of them. So this is definitely a uh, polarizing year. It's interesting. Yeah. Sometimes
1: I just feel like you're becoming more of a
0: dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> maybe in, in, as far as movie reviews go. Not like not in, like regular like uh I, I I think, I think you great. I think you're a little more harsh in your, uh, as you get uh, you know more experienced, let's say.
0: Perhaps. I still think if you look at the site, on average, I give more yeses than nos. So I, I think I have a reputation for being hard, but I don't know that that is necessarily the case. But when those yeses and nos happen to your point, maybe I've skewed more no. In the last few years, I don't know. That's an interesting thing to examine. We'll keep an eye on
1: this. I think this I think this is a good metric. This is like a good SIGsy stat yeah. to track is percentage of, we'll have to name it, percentage of Best Picture nominees that you said no to, I think is an interesting way to track your, like, (laughs) mood, general mental health (laughs)
0: and disposition, yeah. All right, well, that kind of takes us right into the news, uh, Craig, and this is now going to be your duty. Uh, What's in the news, Craig? Here we
1: go, Bill. The Academy Awards, as you mentioned, are right around the corner and now that you've seen all the nominees for Best Picture in uh, 2022, going into the Oscars this weekend, Bill, what is your final pick? We
0: seem to have narrowed them down to at least five
1: <laughs> of the yeah. ten. What's your final pick for, for, uh, for
0: Best Picture? Okay, a couple things here that I want to talk about. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the favorite. Uh, they are winning, like, everything right now. Like, all the Guild Awards, Independent Spirit Awards, like, all this stuff. So they have... The momentum, for sure. Mm -hmm. But Brokeback Mountain also did that. They won almost everything leading up to the Oscars and then lost to Crash. Um, And I think it's going to be similar. I think everything, everywhere, all at once will end up losing to Tar. That's my prediction. Uh, And I say that because a little Oscar history for everybody and some knowledge around how the, the balloting works and the voting works is... Back in the day when we were growing up, there'd be five nominees and it would just be a straight vote. Whoever gets the most votes, that movie wins. After the Dark Knight rule, quote unquote, went into place and the Oscars went back to having upwards of 10 nominees, they went to preferential balloting. So now uh, every other category in the Oscars is a normal up and down straight vote for most votes wins. Uh, and you vote based on the thing you're in. So directors vote for directors, writers vote for screenplays, etc. Best pictures voted on by everybody in the Academy, and it's preferential. So they rank their picks out of the 10 in order of best to least best. Yes, in politics, they call this rank choice voting. Right. So for the preferential balloting for the Academy Awards, they rank them all, and if nobody has 51% of the pl- first place votes, then the movie with the least amount of votes basically gets thrown out because they just start to cut basically from the bottom. And anybody who had that as their first choice, their second choice now gets thrown into a pile of the first choice. And they just keep doing that until a movie has 51%. And the reason I think that with this system, Tar will win is because I envision almost everybody having Tar in their top three. But everything, everywhere, all at once is kind of a polarizing and like weirder movie. That could be at the bottom for some people. I still feel like, even though the academy has done a lot to diversify, I still think a lot of these voters are gonna be old, straight, white men who are like hot dog fingers. How dare they win Best Picture in my (laughs) academy? Like, it's just like, I feel like there's gonna be people who don't love it that way because it's so weird. And that is gonna end up meaning that a movie that everybody generally likes ends up winning with this preferential balloting. So I think Tar will end up surprisingly winning. We will see. We will see.
1: Interesting. Interesting take. But so your, that is your prediction as well as your pick? Like, what would be your pick? Out of
0: this list of nominees, that would also be my pick.
1: I gotcha. mean, Okay, so we're on the board as predicting that will happen, and also it is your best movie of 2022. If I... No, no, no. But your, your best movie of this list of 10 from 2022.
0: Of this gotcha. list, if I'm trying to think critically and objectively, I'd give it to Tar. That being said, of this list, my personal favorite is Top Gun Maverick, obviously. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. But I, I understand the difference between that being a personal favorite and that being the best picture of the year. Like, I don't... I don't those are different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, yeah. So, we will see. And I think, you know, the, the downside of this preferential balloting is we get a lot of, like, movies that win that are like kind of bland. Like it started with like Argo and then you think about things like Green Book. Like there's just these movies that are like okay, people generally like them but they're not as They're
1: not off of anyone's list. Right, right, exactly.
0: So I don't love the preferential balloting but which is why it's a great system for things like politics, which is like <laughs> you, you end up
1: with a lot of people you end up with a lot of winners that are just kind of generally satisfactory to a lot of people. Right. As opposed to like one person who for for just you know reasons winds up with fifty one percent of the vote, you know what I mean. So it's like because that can be that can be that can be wacky. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, So, anyways, yeah.
0: Uh, Craig, other news. Uh, It's been announced that the upcoming season of HBO's Succession, uh, season four, uh, beginning on March twenty sixth, will be its last season. Uh, which kind of startled uh, a lot of people when that hit the news that they just announced that the season starting this month is it. Uh, what's your, what's your reaction? I know you watch the show as well. I do watch the show,
1: have watched the show, quite enjoyed the show was, I saw a trailer for it and there have been trailers cause we've been watching last of us that's on HBO. So they're hammering the last of us watchers with the succession trailers. Right. Um, And I noticed the other day that it said final season. I was like, did I know that before? Like, is that new information? (laughs) It turns out it is. So I don't feel like I'm crazy because I like, yeah, I don't think we knew that before. Anyways, uh, I think I'm happy about it. And we talk all the time about unnecessary sequels and things of that nature, you know, franchises Generally in movies and TV, not quitting while they're ahead, let's say. Um, And although it pains me because I quite like the show and I would like, I mean, I'm assuming that season four is going to be great just the way that the first three seasons were and that would make me want a season five, but, like, there is a point where they'll start to suck. It happens to everybody. Yep. I mean, it happened to Westworld immediately. <laughs> Facts. Uh, <laughs> it happened to, we were, been t- you know, something that's been top of mind because of The Last of Us comparison, like, Walking Dead. Like, I've been talking to friends about Walking Dead, and it's like, yeah, I remember watching the first couple seasons of that. It was awesome, and then I eventually stopped, and it apparently kept going, and I don't know, nobody cared. Right. So the quit while you're ahead thing, although it hurts... I think I'm a fan of it. I'd rather have them go out on top, and you have four. I'm assuming awesome seasons of TV that you can go back and uh, rewatch and and relive and enjoy instead of some like you know t- long tail of slide into crappiness.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think generally speaking, HBO knows what they're doing, especially in this regard they understand what Showtime doesn't understand because Showtime is notorious for running their shows into the ground to try to make as much money as possible. When you think about Dexter, when you think about Ray Donovan, um, like those shows just kept going, uh, and just get worse and worse and worse. And then eventually the audience falls off and they get canceled and there's no ending. Um, so I agree if it's the showrunner making that decision, which it is a uh, Jesse Armstrong saying, like, we're ready to wrap it up. We know how we want to end it, and we're going to end it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I mean, the Americans did the same thing, the show on FX. Uh, they, they knew their ending, and they got there. And Breaking Bad, similar. I feel like Breaking Bad could probably stand to cut a season. But I, I, I love it when the showrunners know how they want to end it, and they're given that latitude to, to end it. Versus, again, Showtime, corporate overlords, like trying to push people to just keep making a show to make money. So sad for sure. Uh, but I do love all three seasons that have been. I assume four will be on par, and that means when you rewatch it, all four seasons are great. You don't have to preface it to somebody. Like, you should watch Succession, but You got to get through X, Y, Z. Like There's not going to be any of that, presumably. It's just going to be perfect show. So I'm really excited. Sad, but also kind of excited.
1: Um, all right, well, our last news item is uh, we found out this week that The Lord of the Rings Return of the King is coming back to theaters in honor of its 20th anniversary this year, or this April, excuse me. Uh, Bill, are you going to make a trip back to the cinema for this one, and where do you rank it among the other Lord of the Rings
0: movies? I will not be going back to see this one in theaters. I know that this is the one that won all the Oscars and is the capper to the whole thing and yada, 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 but honestly, to me, this is the worst one. Uh, Not saying it's bad, but out of the three, I like it the least. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not a big fantasy fan. I don't like a lot of make pretend. I never really have. I do like Fellowship of the Ring, the very first one. I think that is a fantastic movie. I've seen a million times. I love it. And then I think they kind of get worse as they go. And I never even bothered watching The Hobbit because who has the time if I already know that I'm lukewarm on the series. Uh, so no, if they put fellowship back in, I would take the trip, but for return of the King, for all that time and for all the things in that movie that annoy me, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna bother personally. Are you a, uh, rings fan? Uh, movies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've seen them all. I enjoyed them. I, uh, I don't know if I, uh, I definitely saw Lord of the, uh, um, excuse me, uh, return of the King in theaters when it came out. I don't know about any of the other ones. I just remember that movie like ending like six or seven times.
0: Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's
1: a big part. <laughs> like, of it. There was so many fade to blacks. It's a long ass movie, and there's so many fade to blacks, and like everybody has their own like individual wrap up scene. And I was like, "Come on, I gotta pee." Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's like basically all I remember
0: about. In it. the last forty five minutes, there's like two fades to black and a fade to white, and you're just like, "What is happening right now?" I like how that is an- a- a- another sort of
1: rare instance of like, they did get it right. Like, I don't think anybody's going to redo Lord of the Rings anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like another adaptation in the same way that like, everybody keeps redoing Spider-Man and Batman a million times over. And like, there's different interpretations. And I get that that's different because it's comic book world and there are different like, uh, source material in that unlike for a fucking novel, but, um, you know, undeniably like, The movies are good they did a good job they they reflect the books in a way that people seem to like and like those will be the lord of the rings movies that we have like forever so you know that's cool
0: Yeah, they stand the test of time, for sure. It makes The the main thing I got from this story is that I can't believe that movie's 20 years old because it just makes me feel incredibly old because I still remember the winter of 2001 going to see Fellowship in theaters with my friends and how excited we were for those movies to come out. And now it's...
1: Yeah, you are old and gross. Uh, So moving on. (laughs) Yep, thank you. Uh, So should I go see it? Two movies on the docket today. Yep. Uh, Let's start with something that's been a bit of a... Firebrand on the internet, specifically on the old Should I Go See It Instagram page, and that is Cocaine Bear. Here's how IMDb describes this uh, future seminal classic An <laughs> oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Bill. Should I go see it?
0: I uh, know. Nope. Oof. Stick to like the memes about it because the movie itself's not that great. Uh, it's just, it, first of all, just to get it out of the way, it's uh, allegedly based on inspired by true events. Yeah. Uh, but the true events in real life is they found a bear dead in the woods next to some cocaine once. That, like, There's no like killer bear rampage that happened in real life for the record. Well, the people who got <laughs> killed by the bear aren't around to tell the story. Oh, though, okay. So... Yep. Yep. No, it's it's a funny premise, obviously, and it got a lot of people's attention. And they advertised the hell out of it, and they did a great job marketing it. And it made a bunch of money. Um, but when you actually sit down and watch it as a movie, it's like not actually that good. And I think a lot of people that are defending it, including the ones on my Instagram... Uh, are, A, either haven't seen it, and they're just defending the premise of it and the fact that, like, hey, there's a silly movie, whatever. Uh, Or they've seen it, and apparently this is the first time they've ever seen a goofy movie before, and they want to defend it. I don't understand. Like, there's been plenty of, like, goofy premised movies before. Snakes on a Plane was, like, the original meme movie that uh, I remember. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, I feel like this is maybe their first foray into this idea of oh my god this is like a silly movie that knows what it is and they're having fun with it but it's not actually that good so on that topic silly movies that know what it is
1: and have fun with it right like so bad it's good kind, kind of things well maybe not so bad it's good but a, a, a movie that knows what it is and isn't trying to take itself too seriously sure a recent example of this that i was looking for on the should i go see it instagram is violent night the uh, murdery Santa movie, Santa movie with yep. David Harbor. You like, like what? I don't know. That was just the most recent example of a movie that I think is in that same could be described in that same way. Would you agree with that?
0: Yep, hundred percent.
1: And so, like that versus this, or that, ver- or or Snakes on a Plane versus this. Like, tell me, like,
0: what's the where did what what did those get right that this got wrong? The main difference uh, in this case, Cocaine Bear did not let me put it as simple as possible. It's not funny enough. And the action isn't good enough. Like Violent Night had some good comedy, but the action was actually very good, serviceable action. And Snakes on a Plane, I mean, I saw it when I was in high school or whatever it came out and I thought it was funny at the time. So I can't really speak to how it holds up. But even like the perfect example really is like Cabin in the Woods where you have a comedy element and a horror element and both standalone are directed and written and acted incredibly well and then they come together beautifully because it's a great script this movie has just not enough laughs too many characters it's too long like you would expect this to be like an 85 minute cult classic type of thing yeah where are we at on runtime two hours like or maybe hour yeah. 50 or something like it's not short because they add so many different characters the whole first half hour is just introducing a zillion characters. What are you talking about? It says hour and 35
1: minute. It's, it's literally for what you just said. No, it says, I'm looking at it that IMDb right now, hour and 35 minutes.
0: <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. So it's pacing. <laughs> we'll talk about pacing as an issue then because okay. it felt like okay. a two hour movie. Uh, but it's not funny enough. Like that's the issue. And the violence isn't like extreme enough. There's like, honestly, there's two good scenes in this movie. One scene is amazing. Like it's the perfect blend of violence and humor and you get a snippet of what the movie I think should be or wants to be, um, but the rest of the film just doesn't doesn't hold up. Gotcha. Um, here's here's what it needed. Let me tell you what it needed for this movie to work. It needed another pass at the script, ideally by Lord Miller. Uh, they were producers on it. They are known for the Lego Movie and a bunch of other things. Like if they produced it, but if they had a pass at the script to work on the comedy, I think it could have been better. They need a better direction for the horror. Like, if they're going to make the bear attacks try to feel like a horror movie, you need to actually, like, direct it well. I need. I think it should have been shorter. I think it needed fewer characters. I think it needed more star power. Like, it, it's got a bunch of actors in it. But there's no, like, household name that people would be like, oh, my God, Bradley Cooper's in this? You know what I mean? Like, they need, like, somebody like that that hits more quadrants. I love Carrie Russell. No disrespect to my girl, Carrie Russell. But she's not going to... Put people in the seats like a like a some sort of a star that or like lady gaga or something like get somebody that's gonna get buzz i think that would have made it interesting and the main thing they needed is a person in a suit to play the bear like get andy circus or some such shit and you can use the cg budget to augment the face but you needed some practicality because this entire movie is premised around this bear that is 100 cg the CG already looks aged, let alone what it's going to look like five years from now when someone tries to revisit it. And there's no danger in it because it just feels so fake. Uh, so I feel like there are a lot of things missing from making this the classic that I think people want it to be.
1: Hey, man, all good points. I, uh, I'm not going to sit here and uh, defend a movie I've never seen.
0: Well, everybody on Instagram is is giving me the same old how could you give it a no? It's not quote unquote supposed to be good or like that type of thing. Like as if I don't get it, like as if I'm sitting here expecting it to be fucking citizen Kane, like I get it. I know what it's trying to be. (laughs) I know what it's supposed to be. I'm telling you it doesn't even do that that well. Like that's my argument. Like I'm not an idiot.
1: (laughs) Understood. No, yeah, no understood. That's loud and clear.
0: (laughs) So anyway, it's frustrating when I get those comments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of scrolling through them right now. I mean, you know, one of the ones, one of the comments from someone's like, you know, got a few good laughs, so like worth my hour and a half, which is like fair, fair enough. Sure, if that, if that worked for them. But, you know, you're in the business of uh, people aren't going to go to the movies all the time. You want to make sure you're
0: recommending ones that are worth their while. Right. Versus anything else that's out there, right? And humor and comedy is obviously very difficult to review because it is so subjective. I didn't find it particularly funny. I don't think I laughed out loud maybe once. So. But if that person got a bunch of humor out of it, God bless. Glad they enjoyed it.
1: Fantastic. Should we move on to our next, uh, our next movie for today? Yes, let's. This would be Creed 3, third installment of the Creed series. Premises mm-hmm. as follows. Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life. But when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. Bill. Should I go see it? Uh,
0: Yes. I gave Creed 3 a yes.
1: Fantastic.
0: Tell us more. So to backtrack for anybody who's not up to speed, Creed uh, originally, the first film, was sort of an unlikely Rocky spinoff that nobody really expected. And it came out in 2015 and that was the Should I Go See It film of the Year for 2015? I absolutely love that movie. I think it is transcendent. Uh, I recently rewatched it after seeing Creed 3 and remembered just how amazing it is. Is that why there's a is that why there's a hole in the drywall behind you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The uh, sequel Creed 2 had more connection to Rocky lore. And was enjoyable, but it didn't leave as much of a lasting impression on me. Like, I haven't really revisited Creed 2 at all. Like, it was fine. When I saw it, I gave it a yes. But that was okay. And now this third installment is Michael B. Jordan's uh, directorial debut, first of all. Uh, And it eschews any Rocky connection, including Rocky himself, and instead builds on Adonis Creed lore um, for the first time. So, interesting change. And they bring in Jonathan Majors, who plays Dame Anderson, who, like you mentioned, is a figure from Creed's past that comes back and turns his life upside down. And they dole out the backstory there, kind of in pieces. But you get the idea pretty early on. Um, And I would say that that's the highlight of the movie. Majors is the star of the movie. And Dame's the real storyline. Every scene he's in works. um, And... Anytime, yeah. Anytime he's he's was on screen, I had like a goofy grin on my face. I was so excited to see him. The character is just so engaging and magnetic, and Jonathan Majors is so good. There are other elements to the film, other story threads that I don't think worked. They didn't really go anywhere. Like I had definitely some issues with the movie, but I had to give it a yes based on Majors' performance. Like it it automatically puts it above Creed II to me um, because he's just so interesting as an antagonist. Um, you saw it with me uh your thoughts yeah
1: I generally agree I turned to you as soon as the movie ended as we were like watching the credits and like my comment to you was like there were times where I felt like is Michael B Jordan good at acting like <laughs> yeah. why did some of that feel so weird and that's when you told me something I didn't know which was he directed it and like you Aptly said that, like, you know, maybe the directing got on top of him and he just didn't have the time or energy to like really put his all into the on screen performance, which makes sense. But I think part of the reason that that felt a little bit weird was that Jonathan Majors was like literally incredible. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that more. And like something, I almost want to go, I, almost, I definitely want to see it again. I definitely won't go back to the theater to see it again because I'm not a psychopath. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like there was this thing that he would do where when his character was like e- expressing some form of emotion, it was like he was really doing the opposite. It's like when he was being friendly, he was actually being scary. And when he was being like, uh, when he was triumphant, like he, you could tell that he was like, when he won a fight, he, you could tell that he was really like full of rage. Like it wasn't happiness, it was like anger. Yeah. And when he was angry, it was really sadness. Like there's like all this like weird like layering going on, like where it's like, yeah. He's, yep. he's doing one thing and like ostensibly he's like chatting with, you know, Adonis and his wife, but like, you know, like underneath that he's like really just like, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to describe, but I mean I would definitely say go see it. Because Jonathan Majors was like literally incredible.
0: Yeah, there's a there's menace there for sure, under the surface. Yeah,
1: but it wasn't just menace, it was like anytime he was doing anything, it was like there was this counterbalancing emotional force happening like under the, like you could see it in his eyes. Yeah, like yeah. again, like when he would win a fight and it would be like this triumph. Like you could tell that he was really just mad.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and when he was you know, being, in you know, and even at the end, not to spoil anything, but like when he was sad, there was a moment where he's sort of sad at the end. It's really like- happiness. Like he's fun, like, it's, it's like catharsis, not like true sadness. So anyways, or catharsis, not catharsis. Uh, that's when you hate someone on the basis of them <laughs> having cathartic <laughs> moments. Uh, anyways, he was so, so, so good. Not to mention, I mean, just an absolute special. Oh yeah. You know, We've discussed that at length.
0: Freaking <clears throat> unit. I mean, him and him and Michael B. Jordan both, but yeah, he's was an animal. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think B. Jordan did not bring his A game, and I think it made Majors was so good it made Creed look even more flat. It made it, it made it look worse. It, it yeah. definitely felt I would almost draw a connection to the Christian Bale Batman movies where Christian Bale's good. He's serviceable in the lead. I think at times, especially in Batman Begins, he actually is very, very good. But by the time you get to Dark Knight, Dark Knight rises, he is the least interesting <laughs> character in the movies because they just have such a great supporting cast. And that's how Creed felt in this movie. He was like there but you were so much more invested in majors and Creed's on top in this movie. I mean, it's the end of his career. He's now an entrepreneur. And so there's no underdog. There's no outmatched. There's no rising from the bottom. Like there's, they don't give you any of that to like, Cheer for him and Majors plays his role so empathetically that like you end up cheering for Majors. Like I wanted Dame Anderson. Oh, 100 percent I wanted him to be even more in the movie. I think he should have been the lead and Creed should have been ancillary. I think that would have been a nice switcheroo for the audience. Um I hope they, I hope he gets spin-offs. The other thing with that is
1: I also don't think they made like part of the sort of um theme of the movie from Creed's perspective is like Coming back to his roots, I guess, in sort of a way, like in sort of like he's had all this success. It's like you know, don't forget where you came from, type of message, right? And like I feel like they we and we talked about this afterwards is like they could have actually done that more. Like they made like he was, they could have done more to make his character unlikable, right, to the audience. Like they could have made him a dick. (laughs) <laughs> because he's been so, but they sort of did it. He's just boring. Like, he's just a guy that's had success who's mostly a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trying to just do good things in the world, Just, but it's kind of boring. Like, if they had made him more like, oh, wow, this guy's really like lost touch and he's treating people like shit and he's like big time in people and like, you know, and then the whole like, don't forget where you came from, like be humble kind of message that, you know, dame anderson's character presumably would be, be bringing like that kind of would work better but like i didn't really get the sense that creed's character needed to be like checked like he seems like a normal well-adjusted guy
0: yeah there was no real arc there for him yeah um yeah. which was disappointing i think i think b jordan's work behind the camera was fine i think the movie's directed well like it's serviceable i think it's a little showy which like it felt like a first time direction to me uh when you see a first time director they like kind of try to throw a lot in there and it sometimes i felt like it didn't it's it's not as clean i guess i would say as like ryan cooler directing creed one like it doesn't have that same crispness to it it just feels a little more ramshackle um which i again i assume that's why he didn't he couldn't focus as much on his performance so, yeah, I mean, if, if you are interested in the Creed or Rocky Films, obviously it's a must-watch. I think it's in the same ballpark as the second one, but I think it's it takes the edge because of Major's presence. Um, and I'm curious wh- what B. Jordan will direct next, and if there will be any more Creed, we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's a serviceable serviceable installment in the franchise. I also, something you mentioned earlier, like, I, not that I was going into this movie hoping that Sylvester Stallone wasn't in it, but like, I had no problem with them, like, moving beyond Rocky, like, that's fine with me, like, I think it's perfectly good and appropriate at this point for him to be, like, not on screen, not even a mention in this mo- in this movie. Yeah,
0: shocking there wasn't even a How's Rock doing, like, nothing. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, I was thinking, like, the time period that this occurs in, it's not, because I think at the end of Creed two, he's, like, sick or something, he has cancer or something like that
0: right well he fights cancer throughout creed one right right
1: okay so like yeah and like the time period that this exists in it's like not implausible that rocky would have died
0: yeah i thought that might they might open with a that something like five to six seven years
1: or something after whatever but like you would have thought maybe there'd be like a you know a pan to like some framed newspaper on the wall that's like Legendary, but bo- you know, it's like something like that, or like some fucking
0: flowers, or
1: like he did, yeah. not even anything. He's, it's like he never existed, which is interesting.
0: That is that was an interesting uh, element to it, but I I don't don't mind it. Yeah, no, me
1: neither. But the thing I was getting at there is like if they keep the party going, and maybe maybe majors does get a movie, and maybe there's like some. Uh, next generation stuff that they seem to be kind of laying the groundwork with here, with like Creed's daughter and like who knows, but like so it's not like they completely like dropped the ball and the franchise is going to fall apart. Like it's far from that. Like it's a serviceable installation in the franchise, I'd say.
0: Yeah, agreed. Netflix and Bill. Bum, bum. Netflix and Bill. Uh, a couple news items for this we can do first. Um, the Night Manager is getting a season two. I don't know if you know of The Night Manager. Yeah, that's when uh, all the
1: stuff at the museum comes to life, right?
0: <laughs> Similar. Uh, no, The Night Manager was a uh, one-season show on AMC um, that had Tom Hiddleston in it and Elizabeth Debicki. It was from like 2016, I think. I really liked it. It was great. Um, it was adapted from another country uh, originally told the story and they adapted it and it was like i was one of those things that i assumed was just like a, a miniseries it was like a one and done situation but uh, apparently they're making a season two so that was like out of the blue announced which was kind of neat um and then the other news announcement for tv was the show billions a personal favorite of mine on showtime that they are probably gonna run into the ground uh and it's already not as good as it used to be but i still enjoy it Uh, Bobby Axelrod, the character played by Damian Lewis, who was kind of written out of the show two seasons ago. Uh, Damian Lewis's wife passed away, and I think he wanted to step away in general. So they wrote his character off, um, and they brought in Corey Stoll as sort of the new antagonist for Paul Giamatti, who's the protagonist. Uh, And I've really enjoyed it. I think Corey Stoll is great. I love him. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, But now they have officially announced that Bobby Axelrod, Damian Lewis's character, will be coming back. Uh, for the next season, which is kind of neat, because now that we'll have two antagonists that got to figure out what to do there, and Damian Lewis was, was always good in the show, so interesting announcement. Didn't expect it,
1: and, they, and it is not being run into the ground. in you it will, but this is not that. We are not on the ground yet. We're still up in the air.
0: Not yet. I still enjoy it. I <laughs> okay. mean, it's it's just you gotta. This is definitely one of those ones where you gotta know you gotta know what you're what it is and know what you're getting. Um, but I I mean. Tuning in weekly to see Paul Joey Yellow yell at people. I mean, you can't. You, I mean, you can't beat it. I mean, I feel like I'm getting my, a good
1: dose of that in those Verizon commercials. But to <laughs> yeah. each his own, you I know, guess. Well,
0: separate. That's a separate thing. Uh, Mandalorian season three has begun. I did watch the first episode, and to be honest, Craig, I might be all set. I might be done. Oh, I might be done. Wow. Yeah. I just. We live in a post Andor world now. And going back to, like, a more goofy, hey, look at this cute baby Yoda type of show after seeing the actual adult storytelling of Andor, uh, it's hard. It was hard for me. And it sets up a lot of video game logic and fetch quests, essentially, where it's like, oh, well, now we got to do this thing, but we can't do that till we go to this place to get this thing. And it's just like, I'm just kind of over it, to be honest. So when, when do these, you, are you literally considering not watching, like, episode two? I don't know. I might watch two. I might, but that might be it. We got I got to see. Feels like there's a maybe 1% chance that you won't watch episode two, but we'll check. back. If I watch it, I'm watching week. it at this point just for Pedro Pascal and he's, he's covered in a helmet. I'm watching it to listen to Pedro Pascal's voice. Like that is now the, the only thing I, that's keeping me on this show. Cause I don't care about Star Wars and I'm over the baby Yoda thing. It was cute to begin with, but like we're three seasons in, I get it. Yeah, and the story is not there, so it's just—is uh, it,
1: it? It is a lighter and bouncier kind of thing.
0: Oh yeah, compared to Andor, hundred percent interesting.
1: I've never seen a Mandal- i have never seen one a single
0: Mandalorian. Yeah, first season was great, like like they all are. Um, right, and then we have the Last of Us, which the finale is coming up this weekend at the same time as the ninety fifth annual Academy Awards and uh yeah i gotta figure that one out so they moved so they 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 respected
1: the super bowl and moved for the super bowl but they're saying if you to the oscars we're just gonna run run simultaneous
0: yep and what's interesting is there is a chance i was reading an article about this there is a small chance that the last of us finale could end up getting more viewers than the academy awards because last week the osc or excuse me the academy uh Last week, The Last of Us did like 8.1 million, like new high for the show. And the Oscars last year had, I don't know, in the teens of millions, and it's been dropping regularly every year. So if Last of Us goes up again for the finale and the Oscars go down again as they have been, there is a chance it'll it'll cross over and Last of Us will have better ratings, which would be wild, uh, thinking in historical context. Did that never happen in the world where like, Game of Thrones was like a big
1: Sunday night show or anything like that. It was not a...
0: Uh, Nope, not that I know of.
1: Well, yeah, Last of Us is, yep, the reason that we live, the reason that we breathe.
0: Getting to Sundays.
1: It's great. The last episode was completely fucking insane.
0: Yeah, episode nine, uh, excuse me, eight. The second to last episode was incredible. Absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, as, you know typically in the modern age of TV viewing the second to last episode tends to be the big shit kicking episode yep yep uh, and the final one seems to tie up a lot of loose ends although given that they already said they're gonna do a second season and we're you're the game guy are we anywhere near the end of the first game or are we like in the middle somewhere
0: oh yeah no that I mean they they can they can it sounds like they will wrap up the game in next episode
1: oh so we are actually like close to the end
0: yes for sure
1: Game-wise, interesting.
0: The show has been very, it's almost like an anthology, like different, like they run into different situations every week and then move on. Very much like a video game where you're different levels. And like we're in the last, this is now the last, now that we finished the David section of the game in that um, last episode, we are now in the final segment. So it just depends on how much they cover and they have said they'll finish it. So I'm really excited to see the finale because the end of the game is incredible.
1: Yeah, I guess I haven't really thought about it in those terms where they do they do uh, introduce and wrap up, let's say, the storylines of many characters like within one episode. But it doesn't really like it doesn't feel episodic like that because they do a really good job of like either endearing you to the character or making you hate the character or distrust the character or like whatever. Like by the time the episode ends, you're like, you know, either uh heartbroken that something terrible happens to them or you're like fuck it yeah! you know like you're totally on and it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're rushing through it
0: no and, and and they i mean and you have pedro and um and bella ramsey as sort of the anchors where like they are the consistent piece that you're sticking with even if it feels episodic in storyline you have that through connection of them and their relationship so they they do a really nice job balancing It's
1: been great. I'll also throw in there, we talked about this a few episodes ago, I don't think you're watching it, but AJ and I are, shrinking on Apple TV. Um, Very different tone from really anything on this list, Uh, but it's just like kind of a good time, just people going through life, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of hard to describe in that way. That's not a really good like p- sales pitch for it. But if you're looking for a like semi-lighthearted, but still kind of like, well, no, not semi-lighthearted. It is lighthearted, but not like an outright comedy, uh, shrinking on Apple TV is a, is a good place to go, good place to be.
0: And speaking of Apple TV, Ted Lasso is coming back this month as well. Um, well, that's great, Bill. Anything coming up that you're going to go see? I have my ticket secured for John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, which I am excited about. Um, The runtime is absurd. It's almost three hours long for a John Wick movie. I don't understand. They've gotten longer, I think, each time. Is this a final chapter situation, or are we just keeping the party going? I doubt it. I think they're going to... I mean, these movies just make too much money. Um, Oh Oh, boy. I mean, I've liked all of them. The first one is a Stone Cold classic. The first one is also, along with The Matrix, I think John Wick... Those two are the most influential action movies of our lifetime. Like every movie post-John Wick is trying to be John Wick, just like post-The Matrix. Every movie in the early 2000s was slow motion and techno music and bullet time. So this is like the biggest sea change I've seen in the direction of action, generally speaking, has been post-John Wick. Um, super important movie. So, And for a reason. The first one is amazing. Second one and third one are, are good. I remember enjoying them. Action scenes were great but they do keep adding more and more lore to it and making the movies longer and longer. And, and like, there's only so much action you can take before I'm like, again, like I get it. It kind of can run its course. So I'm a little nervous looking at the runtime, but hopefully there's enough jam packed in there that it will be as exciting as the others.
1: Fantastic. Well, uh, I hope you have a great week. I hope you survive your trip. Do you want to tell the audience about where, where you're headed?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. This will be uh, an early released episode for those listening on, on release day um, because I won't be able to release the episode at our normal time because I will be in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. So. Wow. And that is partially why the Oscars Last of Us same time while I'm away from home situation is quite the conundrum. I have to figure out how to balance those. Yeah, you got to. Because I do want to watch them live or at least one of them live and I got to figure out where, how.
1: Here's what you do. You got you you you, you can you can gamble on the I mean, you can gamble on anything, but you can gamble on the Oscars. You could probably go and see that somewhere in the casino area, right? Well, here's I thought that too because I assume it'll be on, but
0: I'm sure it'll be on. And there's I looked up some watch parties, and there's definitely some places that are doing watch parties. Sure, and but I also anticipated gambling on it, but friend of the show, Kin, uh, told us that there is no gam- there is no gambling on it because it's an event that the outcome is predetermined so because price waterhouse Cooper whoever like somebody in the world knows what will happen you're not allowed you're not allowed to bet on it um, uh, well at least not there I mean you could Craig is winking
1: for those at home. You could find you could you could, yeah, yeah it was a terrible choice of uh, of expression by me, but uh, yeah no. I mean you, I'm sure you could find a guy, but yeah I guess that makes sense. You know someone someone had to write what's on the envelope. You
0: know right. I was hoping I'd be able to sit somewhere and fucking well, put twenty dollars down on tar for adapted screenplay, or whatever the fuck. Like I don't know. Like it would have been cool.
1: Well, that blows up my plan. So you'll you'll figure it out. I'm sure.
0: I think I'm going to I might actually try to watch Last of Us live to be honest. I don't know. And I'm I I'm, I'm still torn. I'm still torn. I really want to watch the finale of Last of Us.
1: Yeah, but I mean, don't you uh, but you live in a you live in a world that is free of spoilers as far as Last of Us goes, right? Like you know the story. Yeah, oh 100%. So, what's the risk in like doing that one after the fact?
0: I think that being part of the conversation like I know I'm going to get at, at least 10 texts from people flipping out about the finale and like I want to be able to have seen it
1: i usually get at least 10 texts from you on sunday nights when i'm trying to go to bed and i'm like oh god exactly <laughs> exactly yeah we gotta
0: we can't break tradition
1: all right well i look forward to it have a great time be safe uh have a blast
0: thank you so much and thank you for listening to the should i go see it podcast please tell your friends to follow on instagram at should i go see it
1: free aj